This is a public service announcement brought to you by Drinks with Dub Podcast. The creators and producers name me Dub City himself. would like to inform you that this show has been produced with no chill, no filter, and a grand total of zero, let me say that again, zero fucks given. By continuing to listen, you acknowledge that you and you alone are responsible for any and all feelings of anger, insecurity, and jealousy, as well as being triggered or offended. Any offense taken will most likely be ignored. However, if you do choose to contact or troll the host in any way. You do run the risk of being publicly ridiculed and called out for being a sensitive-ass little bitch. Now, with further ado, ladies and gentlemen, your host, in the What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Drinks with Dub, and I am your host, N Dub, aka Dub City. Now, y'all didn't really think I was gonna sit this one out, did you? You know, I know it's been a while. It's actually been a little over a month since I hit you with a new episode, but you know, that's just that's just the way things go. I apologize for that. I wish I could be more consistent, but with work and the you know getting prepared for this baby. You know, it's just just hectic, and finding the time to, you know, knock out an episode is a little more difficult than I would like, but when I get the time, I take the time, and when I take the time, you get my time. That actually sounded kind of good. I don't know if I like it or not, but anyway, like I said, I'm not sitting this one out, so here I am, much like Eminem did with Kamikaze, I'm dropping this with no warning, no preparation no no advertising no nothing just you're gonna wake up in the morning and bam it's a new episode of drinks with dub online for your listening pleasure and speaking of eminem and kamikaze oh my god okay like let me just let me just full disclosure i'm an eminem fan okay been an eminem fan like I wouldn't go so far as to call myself a stan. I ain't, I ain't got the shit that he did with Ruckus, okay? You know, you know, I, not, I ain't heard the shit that he did with Infinite. So, you know, I'm not that huge uh, of a stan, so to speak. For those of y'all to get the references, shout out to y'all for that. But I've been rocking with Eminem ever since I heard uh, the Slim Shady LP, like, in middle school. So... What is she got? More more years than I really want to think about. But to wake up and see, uh, shout out to my homeboy Richie Lear. He posted a status on Facebook that said Eminem just dropped a surprise album. I was like, well, okay, I'm awake now. I'm up. I'm up. Uh, so you know, I I had some things to do that day, so I got in my car. Spotify was queued up. Let's hear this album and. It's fire, okay? I, I, I don't know how you describe it any other way but fire. Now, is it his best album? No, it's not his best album. Eminem's, two, Eminem's best two albums, in my opinion, The Eminem Show and the first Marshall Mathers LP. Those are his top two albums. 
this is not that, but it is it is better. It's it's right up there with the, with his best work, you know, with with the stuff that you know, and especially better than the stuff he's been doing. I was not a huge fan of the, uh, the second Marshall Mathers LP. Definitely wasn't a fan of Revival. Okay, but but this right here, as Cat Williams would say, this shit right here, nigga. This shit right here, he came out swinging and firing, okay? Um, he took some shots at a lot of people, which Eminem has been known to do over the years. Take shots at people, verbal jabs, whatever, what have you. And first off, let me speak on that. Um, anytime, anytime you hear something like that in hip-hop where... Somebody said something about somebody or took a shot at somebody. You always think it's beef. It's a battle. It's it's, it's going to turn into a war or whatever. Now, you know, sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. But here's the thing. At its core, hip hop is about competition. It's about, you know, it's about me being able to use my words to get the crowd on my side. You know what I mean? That's that's the essence of what hip hop and rap music is. You know, take it back to the you know to the roots of you know in in New York in this you know the seventies or whatever. That's that's what it's about. It's about me having this microphone and the crowd enjoying what I'm saying more than they enjoy what you're saying. So that's that's when you get to the core of hip hop, and you you kind of over the years you know you have some ba- you know battle rap you know comes about comes into it. Me and you back and forth, you know, face to face, you know, exchanging lyrics. That's that's part of it. That's part of the, that's part of the culture. Um, now, when you get into mainstream, you know, I guess recordings and albums and records and stuff. You know, there's been times when two artists have you know gotten into a disagreement, and they've they've battled it out through their lyrics on respective albums and songs. You know what I mean? You know, we all know that the infamous, you know, Biggie Tupac beef, the East Coast, West Coast beef. You know, that's that's an example, but you can take it back to LL Cool J and Cannabis going back and forth. You know what I mean? Jay-Z and Nas doing the same thing, back and forth with the ether and the takeover, who won? You know what I mean? So it's it's always been there. You know, and then you, you have... You know, some situations where it's not so much a, you know, a battle or a competition. It's just a matter of, you know, it's just a matter of fun. You know, the, the, the fun aspect of the competition. And the best example I can give you of that is, um, it's, been a, it's been a few years ago now, um, Birdman from Cash Money Records. Um, was doing an interview somewhere where he was talking about, you know, the money he's got compared to the money other rappers got and, you know, this and that. He's got this much money, blah, 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 blah. Well, Jay-Z comes out with a... Uh, Jay-Z did a song with Kanye West, I believe. I believe it was on Ham. I believe it was. Um, where he, you know, he made, he did a line where he said, he said, I'm like, really? Half a billy, nigga? Really? You got baby money? Keep it real with niggas. Niggas ain't got my lady money. You know what I mean? Just as, you know, just as a little playful jab talking about, you know, baby saying he got this much money. But let's be real. 
Y'all ain't got the money that my lady, and for those of you unaware, his lady is Beyonce. You know, so he's saying, y'all talking this big game about your money. Y'all ain't got as much money as my lady. And it's like, oh, that was cold. I see what he did there. Well, you fast forward a little bit to the Carter Four, I believe it was. Uh, Lil Wayne comes back because, you know, Jay-Z said that line. And he comes back and he's like, talking about baby money. I got your baby money. Kidnap your bitch. Get that how much you love your lady money. You know what I mean? It's just a flip of a line. Like, oh, you said this. I'm going to say this. That's that's at its core. That's hip-hop at its core. So, fast forward to Revival. Revival. Revival was trash. Okay? If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Revival, I'm talking about Eminem's last album. It, it, it was trash. I, I honestly can't tell you if I've listened to it all the way through. That's It just... I don't know. It just didn't work. I don't know what his mind state was, what he was trying to do with that record. It didn't work. And he took he took a lot of heat for it. A lot of motherfuckers said this album is garbage, it's whack, whatever, what have you. So fast forward to early September 2018 and we wake up one day and Kamikaze is online. Immediately shoots to the top of the charts because that's what an Eminem album does. That's what these surprise albums do. And he's just, he's he's in the booth swinging. He's swinging and firing, spitting as fast as he can. Wordplay, metaphors, all of this stuff. Cool, cool. And people are talking about, you know, you know the shots that he was taking at various artists. You know, he mentioned Lil Yachty by name, Budden by name. Mumble rap in general, auto tune in general, you know what I mean. He took some shots at he took uh, he took some shots at uh, Machine Gun Kelly, you know what I mean. Charlemagne the God. I mean, he's just going at people, just you know, just kind of like who wants the smoke? I got the smoke if you want it. Well, as it turns out, Machine Gun Kelly wanted the smoke. Because Machine Gun Kelly, a couple of days after Kamikaze drops, drops a diss record called Rap Devil, which is a flip and a play on Eminem when he, you know, did the song Rap God. So you got Rap God, you got Rap Devil. Okay. So I'm thinking to myself, hmm, MGK really going in Eminem? Let's see what he's talking about. And I'm going to give it to him. He went at Shady. Okay? He went at Shady. It wasn't a, I ain't saying he knocked him out. Is you know, none of that. But he going for the neck. You know, if you hadn't heard it and you like battle rap or you like MGK or you don't like Eminem, whatever, you need to go listen to this record because he throwing some shots at him. Um, My favorite line, my favorite line in the record uh, was when he said, he said, somebody please help your mans up. Knees weak with old age. The real Slim Shady can't stand up. I was like, ugh. You know, that's a, you know, he hit him hard with that one. Because that was kind of his purpose. Like, the way he did it, the way he did it, like, 
he respected him and disrespected him at the same time. Like he gives them and them all the props in the world for being the goat, for being the greatest. But basically saying that like you old, you washed up. It's time for the new kid to step up, and I'm that new kid, you know. And he took a lot of his lines and flipped them. Um, and since that has happened, basically all hell has broken loose on the internet. Um, you got. You got people saying that Eminem is over, that he can't he can't compete with MGK. He's too old. He's washed up, which I really don't understand how you can be washed up as a rapper. Like, I really don't understand that. Like, it just don't make no sense. Like, as long as your voice still works and your mind still works, I don't see how you can ever become washed up. You can become dated or whatever. But people saying the Eminem's washed up and MGK's the new king because he went at Shady and he killed Shady and this and that and I'm like he ain't kill him he went at him and he went at him hard um, and then you got people saying that oh man MGK he just he just committed career suicide you can't battle Eminem don't nobody you know you gonna lose this battle can't nobody fuck with Eminem and that's that's generally the case not many people have come out of an Eminem beef uh, on the better end, on the better end of it. And then you got people like me, who I'm saying this. I'm saying right now, I'm giving, I'm giving Machine Gun Kelly his props right now because this is one of the smartest things I've ever seen in hip hop. And you might be wondering yourself, like why? Like why is this smart? Is because he's put himself in a win-win situation. Head up, song for song, bar for bar. I'm putting my money on Eminem if it comes to that. But here's the thing. One, I don't really think that Eminem needs to respond. You know what I mean? I believe Eminem... I believe Eminem has secured his name in the conversation... Of greatest rapper of all time. I'm not going to say he's number one. Because I don't want to get into that debate. But he has. He has secured his place at the table. Greatest rapper of all time. You want to debate who. Who who is. That's cool. But you can't have that debate. Without mentioning Marshall Mathers. So he's at a point where he doesn't have anything to prove. So responding to MGK doesn't do anything for him. But, you know, here's the thing. Machine Gun Kelly putting out this diss record gives him all the publicity in the world. The spotlight, you know, the spotlight is not on Eminem right now. The spotlight is on Machine Gun Kelly. Eminem now has the number one album in the country, maybe even the world. But what are we talking about? We're talking about Machine Gun Kelly. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a win. Okay, I don't know if I don't know if Kells has an album out. If he has one coming, what the name of his last album is, or his name—I don't know none of that. But I'm sure I'm going to hear about it in the coming days because that's where all the focus is right now is on Machine Gun Kelly, because he has fired this diss record at Eminem. Now, you might say that you know. Why don't more people do this? Well, because here's the thing. Because Eminem has made a career out of dissing people 
or making fun of people or throwing shots at people or whatever. That's just what he does. He's always thrown celebrities' names into his songs in one way or another. That's just now that's just what he's done from the beginning. Now if you want to consider it beef or a diss or whatever, that's one thing. Um I think even on, you know, how my name is, he was using celebrities' names. You know what I mean? Uh uh what do you say? Like the first verse, he said, rip Pamela Lee's tits off and smacked her so hard and knocked the clothes backwards like crisscross. Is that really, was he dissing them? Was that an insult? You know what I mean? But he's always used celebrities' names like that. So him using MGK's name and Lil Yachty's name and whoever else's name is not necessarily a diss. That's just what he does. Now, he did, he was dissing MGK. I'm not going, I'm not going to defend him and say he wasn't dissing him. But, you know, that's, you know, but that's what, that's Eminem's calling card. And you really don't have time to respond to everything that Eminem is saying. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's going in so many different directions that most people just, you know, kind of brush it off and let it be. But MGK has waited until now. And when I say waited... MGK been around for 10 years, people. You know what I mean? MGK ain't just pop up out the woodwork. MGK has been, you know, a major label recording artist for a long time. You know, they had, you know, and apparently they've had, uh, there was a song he did with Tech 9 when he took some shots at Eminem. And then, so Kamikaze is Eminem responding. Okay, cool. But here's the thing. I never heard that song with Tech 9 didn't know it was a thing. Didn't know they had any issue between them until now. Until MGK responded to Kamikaze. Like, album drop, disc record drop. Now I see where you at. All eyes on Machine Gun Kelly. So, MGK is getting all this free publicity. Off one song. Genius. Now, I believe he's doing this without con without consequence because I don't think Eminem is going to respond to it. I don't think Eminem is going to launch into a full-blown battle with MGK. So, there's, like I said, there's no fear. There's no consequences. Drop a disc record. Get some shine. Free publicity. Pretty soon the album will drop. Bam, bam, win, win. Now, if he does respond... Like I said, my money's on MG. My money's on MGK to lose this battle. If it comes to that, if it comes to tit for tat, song for song, my money is on Slim Shady. But guess what? If he does respond to it, he just validated that Machine Gun Kelly is worthy of responding to. He has deemed MGK a worthy opponent to engage in a battle, which leapfrogs Machine Gun Kelly over a lot of people. Who he has yet to respond to. Now, we in middle, you know, I'm in middle Tennessee. Y'all might not remember, you know, because it didn't make a lot of noise because he didn't respond to it. But Haystack tried to go in Eminem a while back. It was, it was a number of years ago. Haystack just all, all of a sudden, out the blue, starts trying to go in Eminem because he's, you know, Haystack was saying, I guess, like he's a real white boy and this and that and was trying to diss Eminem and trying to 
Eminem didn't respond because to Eminem, who is Haystack? You know what I mean? Like, why am I, why would I respond to this guy? You know, Hot Styles made a diss record about Eminem. And you might say to yourself, who the fuck is Hot Styles? Hot Styles was the, song, was the dudes that did Looking Boy. You know, with Young Jock. He was a broke looking boy, joke looking boy. Let me, them dudes. They did a diss record to Eminem because he sampled the beat and, you know, borrowed that flow in Rap God. Um, you know, and then I'll, so they sued him and then they made a diss record about it. I ain't even know they made a diss record. Like, I literally just learned this a couple of days ago. Rap God been out for three, four years. I ain't know they made a diss record about it because Eminem didn't respond because who the fuck is Hot Styles? Why do I need to respond to this diss record? So if he responds to MGK, guess what? MGK has made it to the level where he's a worthy opponent of Eminem. That's a win on any level you slice it. Even if you lose, you was deemed a worthy opponent. Now, for those of y'all listening that don't really follow rap and don't understand that, whatever, I'm going to break it down to you in terms that you can understand of college football. This past season, Alabama won the national championship. They played their season. They advanced to the 14 playoff. They won those games. Bam. University of Alabama is your national champion. Well, the University of Central Florida played their season and went undefeated and beat two teams, I believe, that went to the playoff, including Georgia, if I'm not mistaken, who went to the national championship and lost to Alabama. So, at the end of the season, at the end of all of this, University of Central Florida decides, decides, you know what? We went undefeated. We beat X number of teams that was in the playoff, and we didn't get a chance. We are claiming ourselves to be national champions as well. And that's all well and good. They got some publicity out of it. They paid the coaches their bonuses as if they had won national, the national championship. They gave the players national championship rings. They going to put a banner up in the stadium that says... 2017-18 national champions. That's all well and good. We getting all this publicity. Cool. Has Alabama responded to their claims of being national champion? No. Did Alabama go out and challenge the University of Central Florida to a game? Like, oh, you say you're the national champion? Well, play us and prove it. No, that didn't happen. You know why? Because Alabama's a national champion. They got nothing else to prove. University of Central Florida can make all the noise they want and get all the publicity they want, but they not they don't have a seat at the table. Now, if Alabama, after hearing this, this national championship talk, called up the University of Central Florida and was like, "Hey, you talking like you 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 want to be a national champion? Why don't we schedule a game?" If they'd have done that, that validates the University of Central Florida. That puts them on that level. That gives that gives them a chance to play Alabama probably on primetime television and gain exposure to a whole new audience that doesn't really know who they are. So even if you lose the game, guess what? You've been exposed to a wider range and a wider audience and you've, you've, you've validated yourself that... You somebody. And that's where MGK's at right now. If Eminem responds to him, he's gonna Kelly's gonna lose. But Kelly's gonna win in the situation too. Because he's 
he's he's worthy of an Eminem response. Me 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 personally, I'm all in on this beef. I want it to happen because we ain't had a beef like this in hip hop in a long time. And when I say like this, I mean the similarities to their flow to to the way they rap, their styles of rap, their personalities are very similar. And in a lot of ways, even if he's not as talented, MGK is the new version of Slim Shady. You know, not just, the, yes, the, the white rapper thing. Yes, okay, I get it. They're white, they rap, cool. But when you look at Slim Shady's early career and his personality of that in-your-face, that party lifestyle that don't give a fuck attitude. That's MGK. You know what I mean? So it's it's a it's a it's a similar it's similar personalities, it's similar style, similar types going at each other. And we've not had that in a while. We had, you know, we just had the Drake Pusha T. Though they're two completely different artists. You know what I mean? Like their styles are not the same. Like, they do different things. You know, the same thing with Drake and Meek Mill. You know, they do different things. What they're doing is not the same. You know, I think the, off the top of my head, the last the last battle that was really two similar artists like this, off the top of my head was Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy. Two trap rappers going at each other. You know what I mean? So, you know, because a lot of times these battles, it's... Is people coming at each other from different from different lanes? They're not even trying to be in the same lane, so why are they why are they fighting with each other to begin with? You know what I mean? Like, you know, it'd be like a baseball player and a basketball player arguing over who's better. Like, y'all do different things. Like, what is it that you do that you're better? You know what I mean? So that's that. But I I want to see it. I want to see the. I, you know. I'm up for a good battle. Some back and forth, some tit for tat. I'm up for it. Okay? <laughs> you know, I like surprise album drops. You know what I mean? Like, it seems to be cliche. Everybody's doing it now. Nobody wants to promote anything. Everybody wants to go, you know, just drop out of, you know, out of nowhere and out the blue. But I like it. I like it. It's, you know what I mean? You know, I like waking up. You know, especially if it's somebody I like, you know, Eminem, Drake, you know what I mean? Like to wake up like, oh, damn, it's an album. OK, let me go check this out. You know, you know, I like it. It's, it's going to be played out in probably the next year or so because everybody's doing it. I don't think Drake hadn't announced his last three or four albums. I don't think like he just you just wake up one day and it's there. You know what I mean? I guess I think it started with what if you're reading this it's too late. Like, if you're reading this, it's too late. The album's out. You should have heard it already. You're already behind the times. But that's that. That's that's what's going on in the hip-hop world, or part of what's going on in the hip-hop world, is MGK and Machine Gun and Eminem are beefing, gonna beef, gonna battle, maybe not. But the internet is on fire about this right now. Um... You're probably going to hear lots of, you've, you know, if, if you've got the internet, you've got Facebook, for sure. That's all people are talking about, for the most part. They're talking about this battle. 
they, you know, were sharing the Eminem album, now they're sharing this disc, and people are going back and forth. You can go on the statuses and see 30, 40, 50, 60 comments about everybody's opinion on this. You know what I mean? This ain't the only podcast I'm sure that you're going to hear other people, you're going to hear people to give an opinion on this. You know what I mean? If that's what you do, you listen to podcasts, you can expect that, hey, if it's got anything to do with hip-hop or current events, they're going to bring this up. You know what I mean? Why would you not? Why would you not bring up like what's been the biggest thing of the week probably on the internet, on a podcast, which is literally a show on the internet? You know what I mean? That's just the way it is. Um, so, like I said, if y'all thought I was going to sit it out and I wasn't going to talk about it, you must not have been paying attention to what I've been doing over the past I don't know, three, four years, I'm going to talk about the shit that everybody's talking about if it's something I want to talk about. You know what I mean? And another thing I want to talk about is Miss Aretha Franklin's funeral. <sighs> when I first saw one of my friends post the program to this, I was done. I was absolutely done. That they had scheduled a three and a half. Or was it three and a half or four and a half? I think it was three and a half hours. Or four and a half. Yeah. I forget what it was supposed to be. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up because I can. You know what I'm saying? But it was, it was ridiculous. The amount of time that this funeral was scheduled to go through. Go for just based on the program you know what I mean like and like I said they put the program out a day or two before the, like the day before the funeral uh and like I said you know much respect to Miss Aretha Franklin you know what I mean she obviously a legend and in in a lot of ways deserved that kind of that kind of send off that kind of that kind of praise um you know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, they was, you can just automatically say they doing too much. Well, you know, I don't know how much you can do too much for Aretha Franklin. Like, she's kind of on that level where uh, if you do it, it, it probably still wasn't enough. They could have had, their funeral could have lasted three days and they still wouldn't, uh, you know, fully captured the love that people have for Aretha Franklin in various ways. So, um, It was scheduled for five and a half hours. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's going to go seven at least. And it ended up going eight. They had, you know, they had it broke down minute by minute. You know, Tyler Perry's supposed to speak for two minutes. Jesse Jackson's supposed to speak for two minutes. Reverend Sharpton's supposed to speak for three minutes. Fantasia's got four minutes to do a song. And I'm like, that ain't finna happen. This thing going to go seven hours because that's, that's how we do. And when I say we, I mean black folk. We gonna take some extra time if you give us time. So the funeral ended up lasting eight hours. They live streamed it on Facebook. I didn't watch a minute of it um, because I knew exactly what was gonna happen. That enough was gonna come out of it. That enough people would be live tweeting and posting about it, and the the major the major topics would would find them, their way to me. 
and there was a few major topics, and I'm not going to touch on all of them. Um, one was they was clowning on Bill Clinton for looking at these, looking at the women. They, you know, clowning on Bill Clinton for looking at any woman that's not Hillary, which, by the way, Hillary wasn't there. I don't think I didn't see Hillary, but Bill was there, so I don't know how that worked. I don't know how he was invited and she wasn't. But, you know, be that as it may, Reverend Al Sharpton was up there misspelling words, from what I understand. Um, Stevie Wonder was there. Like, it was a star-studded event. You know what I mean? It was it was like the Grammys meets the, Repu- the, the Democratic National Convention, almost. Like, if you were somebody, you was there. You know? Um... They was clowning on what people was wearing. Ariana Grande, they said her ponytail was longer than her skirt. Uh, dude said that he, when he he was getting old, because he th- when he seen Ariana Grande name on the program, he thought it was a new menu item from Taco Bell. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just foolishness. Foolishness, I tell you. Um... I'm not even gonna get into the to the to the main dude in the eulogy because he started out he stirred up all kind of shit, uh, but I will say that some of the shit he stirred up is some of the stuff I've been saying. Whether it was appropriate for a funeral or not, that's that's another debate for another show that does those types of things. I ain't finna get into that. Um, but they, you know, I've seen I've seen memes where they're talking about. Uh, BT wrong for showing these people to sleep at Aretha Aretha's funeral, and I'm like, what you expect, man? It was it was eight hours, like the people was in that they was in that funeral for eight hours. They didn't break for lunch. They didn't have no intermission. They was s- sitting there for eight hours of people speaking and singing and praying and all of this. And like I said. It's just a bit much, if you ask me. Like I said, they had it mapped out minute by minute that it's supposed to last five and a half hours. And I knew, I'm like, this is going to go at least seven. I'm taking the over on seven hours for this as soon as I saw it. And people was like, you really think so? I'm like, yes, I know so. Because I know my people. Okay? I know my people. They're going to go for it. They're going to they be, they be extra. And that's exactly what happened. Um, speaking of funerals, um, the John McCain funeral, um, the John McCain, John McCain's funeral services somehow lasted a week. Like he went on a cross country tour for his funeral. Like he started in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, and ended in DC where he ended up being buried. And they had the memorial services in the Capitol Rotunda, which only if as a trivia question, if you ever own Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or something like that, as of this current time, there have been 32 people to lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda. Just just so you know, throw that try to educate you a little bit. If you ever find yourself needing that number for a random trivia question, you now know 32 people have lying have lay lane have been given the honor to lie in state in the Capitol Rotunda. And they had the memorial service and the big thing that came the big thing that came out of that was George Bush giving Michelle Obama candy. Like 
it's they it's a it's a clip of it online. If you hadn't seen it, it's it's uh it's Laura, it's Laura Bush, George Bush, Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, all sitting together in a line. And Laura gives George a piece of candy and then George hands the piece of candy to Michelle. And the internet is it, it just hit the internet right in the fields, okay? Because these were two political adversaries and apparently like George Bush and Michelle Obama have just kind of struck up this friendship since since from what I can understand since really since Barack took office because even even as a former president you still you're still around you're still involved you still go to you know there's events that you your attendance is expected and required and these two have just kind of hit it off and connected and there's a few pictures of them you know being friends on the internet I don't know how you can have a picture of people being friends, but you you get what I'm saying, and you can go and you can look at that. But that's what we need. Like we need people to be people. You know what I mean? Like don't look at this person as a Republican or a liberal or a conservative or, or this or that. Just look at them as a person. And if you like them and you get along with them and you be friends with them. That's, you know, I think that's what made that. That's why people, I guess, like this friendship between Michelle and George, because politically speaking, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. You got this, this, you know, older white man and this black woman that's already puts them on differing platform so to speak a Republican a Democrat and you know their husbands were presidents and Obama kind of ran on the the basis of being the anti-Bush like I'm gonna fix the problems that Bush created and this and that and, you know but these two have struck up a friendship and I think at the end of the day that's great you know what I mean if they get along they're friends that's that's, that's really what we need in the world is people to look at each other and be people and be friends and not look at it so black and white and so one side or the other and if you don't agree with me then something's wrong with you like because that's that that's that's the world we're living in is that there's an issue and you have to agree with me on this issue or you're, you know, you're a snowflake, or you're, a, you're a fucktard, or you're a racist, or you're a homophobe, or you're too liberal, and you're the, you're, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not any of those things. I just disagree with you on this issue. It, you know, it doesn't have to divide the nation every time something happens. Like, it can just be a thing that you know what this is happening. I feel this way about it. You feel this way about it. At times, we can talk about it and debate about it. And I can try to understand your point of view more. And you can try to understand my point of view more. And maybe we'll come to a compromise. And, you know, but at the end of the day, we can still be friends, you know, and still treat each other like human beings. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a so black and white line in the sand. You're either with me or against me. And if you're against me, then fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be that way. But it is. And speaking of lying in the sand and 
if you ain't with me, you're against me, and issues dividing the nation. Apparently, and I did not know this, I was unaware of it, but apparently, I guess the next year or so, let me, you know, in the next, over the next year, I guess, is the 30th anniversary of Nike's Just Do It campaign. And you think, why am I talking about that? You know, you know, when we think Nike, we think that slogan, just do it. You know what I mean? Does Nike swoosh, just do it. Like that's, it's synonymous. So that, that first debuted 30 years ago, sometime this year, sometime in the next year. I don't know exactly when, I don't have a date for you, but it's been, they're celebrating the 30th anniversary of that ad campaign, that marketing strategy. And the face of that campaign is one Colin Kaepernick, who used, and and I guess I guess that's what I need to say, who used to be a professional football player. I say used to be because he hasn't played for two years, or yeah, he hasn't played in two years. Um. And he's now the face of this ad campaign of Just Do It. And the image that was was released, let me, let me get it. I'm not going to misquote this. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Colin Kaepernick, I'm Googling. Um, yes, it's... Uh, so believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And I'm like, ooh, that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a big deal. Like, you know, Nike is synonymous with sports and athletics. You know what I mean? Like, it just is. Um, when you think you, you think shoes, you think Nikes. You know what I mean? Like that's the, you tend, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, or whatever. Nikes, Nikes is the top. You know, and sh- you know, shout out to everybody else. Shout out, you know, shout out to Reebok, Adidas, whatever. You know, whatever. All make quality products. They're all very popular, but it's just something about Nike. Nike, that brand, that that. That image, that swoosh, that just do it. It's just there. It just is. You know. And Colin Kaepernick is now the face of this campaign. And that's going to be a big deal. And it's it's going to split people down the middle. There's going to be people that love it. Like me, I love it. Especially with that slogan. Believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything. Say what you want, you know. Say what you want about the protest, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. But you have to admit, it has cost this man a lot. You know what I mean? He chose to to first sit and then kneel during the national anthem before the football games. And because he made that decision... And stood by that decision. He is no longer employed by the NFL. 
he has not been signed to a new contract by the NFL, by any NFL team. Okay? So this man made a decision of what he believed in and what he wanted to say. And he has stood by that decision, even though it has meant that he's he's effectively ended his football playing career. And I'd be willing to venture. There is nobody. Yeah, I take that back. Very few. 95% of the players in the NFL are not there by accident. And what I mean by that is if you make it to the NFL or the NBA or the, you know, if you make it to, you know, the highest level of professional sports or any sport in general, you are not there by accident. You have wanted this and dreamed about this since you were a little kid. You played peewee football and then you played middle school football and then you tried out for high school football and maybe you got a scholarship. Maybe you walked on. Maybe you were recruited into college, but maybe you weren't. But you went on to play college football and then you worked and you made it to the NFL. Now, you know, there's some, you know, kickers being a good example. Okay, maybe, you know, I'm sure there's some people, there's some kickers probably in the NFL that maybe, you know, they grew up playing soccer. You know what I mean? Like soccer was their thing and they in college or something, you know, stumbled upon being a, you know, a field goal kicker because they're used to kicking. You know what I mean? Or, you know, they maybe they did track and somebody was like, hey, you know, you fast as fuck. Maybe you need to try your hand at this or, you know what I mean? Like. Sure, there's some of those, but for the most part, if you play in professional sports, you're not there by accident. That's what you've wanted your entire life, and you made it. You might be the star. You might be Tom Brady, the face of the league. You might be a dude that's, you know, the 53rd man on the roster, and nobody knows you're on the team, period. But you're there. You know what I mean? And Colin Kaepernick is not there anymore because he chose to stand for what he believed in. And like I said, it's cost him everything. And now it's starting to come back full circle. And like I said, he's now the face of what is probably going to be one of the biggest ad campaigns and marketing rollouts in athletic apparel history. I don't know. If that's the right term, but this is this this the thirtieth anniversary of just do it is going to be a big deal, whether you whether you admit it or not, whether you care or not, you're not gonna go through your life without seeing this campaign, and for him to be the face of it, after all of this, is big. You know what I mean. History is written by the winners, but history changes with perspective. Okay? I don't know where Colin Kaepernick goes down in history, but I do know that we, right now, in, in the eye of the storm, so to speak, we can't see it. 
we're we're too close to the situation. Muhammad Ali dodged the draft and was labeled and prosecuted as a criminal for not stand for not fighting for his country. That's what they did to Muhammad Ali in the during the Vietnam War. They sent this man to prison. They stripped him of everything because he didn't go to war and fight for his country. 30 some odd years later, this man is lighting the Olympic torch. Think about that. So, that's that. You know what I mean? That's really all I got for you. Um, the internet is basically broken with all of this that's been going on. So I don't really know if you're even going to be able to hear this show because I don't know where to put it other than the internet. But between Colin Kaepernick, Aretha Franklin, uh, fucking Eminem and Marshall, uh, MGK, like the internet is basically broken right now. Not to mention college football just started back up. You know, so that's a thing. The NFL pre, the NFL is about to kick off its regular season, so that's a thing. Uh, NBA training camp ain't too far behind, so it's a lot going on. And in the middle of all of this, in the middle of all this, you got me doing this podcast, and I'm gonna touch on a lot of it. I'm gonna have some fun with it. Might tackle some serious issues. Um, but we'll see what happens. But for now, hope you enjoyed the show. If you got thoughts, you got comments, you got opinions, feel free to drop a link. Drop, drop me a line. You know, comment on it. Message me. Hit me up. Catch me when I'm live. Go back and forth with me. Whatever. I enjoy it. It's what I do. You know, my my mind is a uh, my mind is an interesting place to be, and. I enjoy letting people in and in the case of this podcast I enjoy forcing people in because I just believe that's what I should do give you an insight into my mind and that's what I've done ladies and gentlemen this has been drinks with dub thank you for tuning in hope you enjoyed it tune in next time that might be next week it might be next month it might be tomorrow I don't know but tune in next time Share, like, subscribe, all that, all that stuff. I gotta tell you. Um, but until then, like I always tell you, if you knew better, you'd do better. Peace out.